You can be seated. We're happy that you decided to be with us today here at Life City Church, and I'm excited to get into the message. Before I do that, I want to remind you or tell you about a couple of things. One, um, tonight at 6.30, at 6.30, um, there was a, a time change, but at 6.30, uh, churches in the city of Jacksonville will be coming together at Rice Church um, for a united night of worship, and I'm excited about that. Something happens when God's people will just come together and worship him, and there'll be several pastors from the area who'll be sharing a brief word. I'll be one of them. So we want to just show up in that place and worship God and just see what he does. That's uh, 8081 Lenox Avenue. It's right on the other side of 295, probably about seven minutes down, um, if that. So we look forward to seeing you there. And then the other thing I want to share with you also, and I'll be putting this on our, our uh, Facebook page and website, but there is an organization called Sanctuary on the 8th that works with a lot of youth um, in the uh, Jacksonville area, and they're looking for uh, volunteers to help with areas of tutoring and just playing with kids um, um, and being there for kids during the week. Um, we'll put specific times and everything on our website if you're interested in that, but we really want to be a part of what the, that organization is doing. I've met their uh, director, uh, great, great man, and um, also uh, some of our people, uh, Crystal and Dave, also work with them, and we just want to be a part of what they're doing. How many of you know that um, it's good to come in and receive, but we got to go out and do as well? Um, so we want to be the light um, that God created us to be in the city. Um, with that said, we just finished our Relationship Goals series, and I'm excited today because I felt so directed by God. I was actually planning to preach another series during March, and um, while I was praying, he said, I really want you to deal with this area of faith uh, from the book of Hebrews. So we're going to be doing that the entire month of March, and I believe that we're just going to come out of every one of these services full of faith and full of fire to be everything that God desired for us to be. I'm reminded of a story um, that was told um, about a man who went to, um, he was in the jungle, and he was a shepherd, and he was watching sheep, and he was, he was, he was caring for the sheep, and he noticed over um, in the woods that there was a lion cub that was just sitting by itself. And how many of you know sometimes when there's a lion cub out by itself that the mama is not too far behind? But it was just sitting there, and so the shepherd began to observe um, the lion cub from a distance, didn't want to get too close, but after a while he noticed that the mother wasn't coming close um, at all, or was nowhere in sight to be found. So he went over there and began to make sure that the lion cub was okay. And after a while, he said, well, I'll, I'll bring him in here with the sheep. I'll bring him in here with the sheep. And so after a process of time, this lion cub began to hang out with the sheep. He got comfortable with the sheep. And everywhere the sheep went, the lion cub went with them as well. And so they were out. Um, the sheep and the lion cub were out just walking around and doing what they do, and there was a wolf that showed up, and all of the sheep started running away, and the lion cub ran with them. And you say, well, that's weird. The lion cub is running away. But after a while, the sheep went out again, and the lion cub went with them, and they went to the river, and this lion cub looked into the water, and he saw his reflection and he ran away. <laughs> I'm sitting there saying that. I'm listening to this story. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. But 
Long story short, what had happened was, was that the lion cub had been with the sheep so long that he forgot that he was a lion. And so what happened was, as he would, um, eventually the lion cub went out again. I'm going somewhere with this. Eventually the lion cub went out again. And finally, the lion's mother shows up. And she tries to instigate and basically starts roaring at this lion cub. And the lion cub lets out a little whimper. <laughs> lion roars again. Lion cub. <laughs> and finally, this lion roars a third time. And the lion cub realizes that inside of him is the ability to do the same thing that the lion was doing. And so in that time, there's this point of decision that had to be made. Either this lion cub could stay with the sheep. Y'all following me? And act like a sheep. Or he could begin to roar and pull from what was inside of him and be what he was designed to be in the first place. And so I feel like my assignment during the month of March is to be that lion for you and to roar at you until you have the faith to be who God wants you to be and to do what God wants you to do. Sometimes the problem is, is that we, we don't walk in faith because no one is roaring, challenging us to be everything that God wants us to be. But how many of you know that faith is the most important thing you have as a believer? But the challenge is, is that most times we live our lives, and I'm with you on this, as believing unbelievers. I'll let that sink in for a minute. In other words, we love Jesus, but we don't believe. And when I said, Lord, why, why, how, how can I love you so much, but I don't have the faith that I need to do what you called me to do and be what you called me to be? And he said, because your faith has to have the right foundation. Anything that's built on the right foundation won't crumble. The Bible says that the storms of life may come. No matter what kind of foundation you are. But if you're on the right foundation, you'll be able to stand. Somebody say amen. amen. And so today we're talking about living by faith. And I'm really laying a foundation. The rest of the month we're going to be completely in the book of Hebrews. But I want to lay foundation today. Uh, we're talking about living by faith. Living uh, by faith. And so Daniel Floyd says this. Reaching our full potential in God is dependent on the time we have been, we've spent being shaped by him. Think about that. Some of us want everything right now. But how many of you know that even when you, when you, when you put the ingredients of a cake together, you got to let that thing sit in the oven for a little while. But when it comes out, it'll taste like what it's supposed to taste like. And some of us are frustrated right now because we feel like we've been in God's oven forever. But he's shaping us and we're cooking so that when we come out, we taste like we need to taste to a dying world. And so reaching our full potential depends on the time we're willing to spend with him. And so that means that we have to assess how much time we're spending doing other things. Because what we spend time doing will eventually become. What we spend time listening to will eventually follow. I, say, I like to say it like this. The voice we listen to is the voice we'll believe. The voice we believe is the voice we will follow. So it's important what comes into your ears. Somebody say amen. amen. Help me preach this thing today. I'm, I'm excited. And so what we've got to do is say, I've got to assess what I'm allowing to come in front of me and what I'm allowing to come into my ears. Because just because something desires your attention does not mean it deserves your attention. 
Just because someone desires your attention. Oh, I, somebody said relationship goals was over last week. But just because someone desires your attention does not mean that they are worthy or deserve your attention. And so living by faith, here's another thing we've got to understand that Daniel Floyd says. He says that God will never create a life for you that makes him inconsequential. So here's the thing. You're sitting there saying, why do I have such big dreams? Why do I have such big hopes? Why do I desire for God to do this and do that? Because God has put something in front of you that requires his participation. And so you're sitting there saying, why am I going through this and why can I not... Uh, see a way out because God is saying until you decide to hold my hand see if you don't hold my hand you'll think you did it but see when I do something in your life it is unexplainable and all you're going to be able to do is say to God be the glory for the great things he has done say thank God for letting me be on his team See, sometimes it's hard and sometimes you're in overtime and sometimes you're in extra innings in this game with God. But as long as you stay with God, when the final score is tallied, you will have victory. Yeah, I told y'all I felt like preaching this thing today. I'm trying to calm down. So here it is. Faith is how we invite God to participate in every area of our lives. See, what we want to do is we want to do it our way and just tack the name of Jesus on it. It's not going to work like that. See, you've got to say, Lord, I believe in you so much that I want you to walk with me through this. Walk me through this desire. Walk me through this vision. Walk me through this relationship. Because, see, if God didn't do it, it's up to you. But say, Lord, I, I invite you into my sickness. Yeah, that's right, God. I'm, I'm sick, but I, I invite you in because where you are, sickness can't stay. So something's got to go. Either God's got to go or the sickness has got to go. And let me tell you something. If God shows up in power in your life, that sickness got to go. Somebody sitting there say, well, I didn't know it was still for today. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means if he healed before, if he set free before, he'll do it today for you. And see, some of us, just like someone who has been abused, we're so used to being beat up that we think that's the way it's supposed to be all the time. But you've got to say, you know what? It was that way before, but it's stopping with me right now. Devil, you can keep on lying. You can keep on putting deception in my mind. But the truth of God shall set me free today. The life of the believer is a life of faith. It's a life of faith. It's a life of faith. Just like you can't exist without blood in the spiritual life, you can't exist without faith. You got to have it. And see, the problem is, is that there's... There's many aspects to this thing called faith, but we've only taught one. You can name it and you can claim it. Blab it and grab it. Call it and haul it. <laughs> but there's so much more. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Can I preach? But there's so much more to it. Because, see, if people are going to be reached, if lives are going to be changed, if, you, if you're going to start experiencing the generational blessing of God upon your life, you're going to have to get this thing called faith. And I've talked before that, that if, if you, and those who've ever worked in a school or a multi-room uh, building, you know that 
at certain levels of access, you only get a key to the place that you want to go. In other words, if you have a classroom, you're a teacher, you get a key to that room. Is that right? But what I learned also through that experience, and Brother John can help me with this, but what I've learned is as I became a dean, as I became an assistant principal, uh, as I moved up, they'd give me a bunch of different keys to a bunch of different places. And what happens is when you have all those keys on your keychain, you spend so much time trying to find the right key to the right door. Y'all with me? But they said, once you became an assistant principal, I want you to trade in all these keys, and we're going to give you one. It's called a master key. And the beautiful thing about the master key is the master key is one key, but it opens many doors. And I want to remind you today that faith is the master key. And so if you get faith, say, if I get it, then I got it. So if you get faith, you've got the master key to open up every door in your life. So at a season of your life, you might need help in your relationship. I need faith. In another season in your life, I might need help in my body. I need faith. If another season in my life, I need wisdom and discernment to walk and understand what decision I need to make. I can pull on the master key called faith and get what I need from God. Y'all still with me? Try and slow down. Galatians 2.20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, say there's a life I used to live, but I don't live that way anymore. Here's the challenge with trying to live by faith. Some of us are trying to live in two worlds at the same time. But the Bible says I've been crucified. That means when Christ died, when I put my faith in him. See, this is not candy today. This is not, this is not, not kindergarten today. I want to help us grow. When I've been crucified with Christ, so when he died, the stuff that was trying to come against my life died. See, we're trying to kill stuff now that should already be dead. And so it's hard to live by faith because I'm living here in the flesh and I'm trying to live in the spirit at the same time. And so I've got this tug of war constantly. I'm trying to hold hands with my past and my future at the same time. And so I'm wondering why I can't move. I can't move because I know I've got a destiny, but over there was so much easier. Hmm. When, when I didn't trust God, I didn't have struggles. Seemed like life was better when I wasn't trying to do it. You remember that? You ever said that in your prayers? I'm really trying to get serious and do business with God and get serious with God. And every time I try to do it, it seems like something comes against me. And that's where we stop at complaining about that. But the reality is we've got to ask the question, if so much is coming against me right now, what are you trying to keep me from? See, the promise requires me to have enough purpose in my heart to progress. And what the enemy wants you to do is focus on the arrows that be, are being shot at you, at the challenges that you have instead of the prize that God has in front of you. Because if God, once God says, like he told his disciples, once he said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Understand this, Jesus being fully God said, let us go to the other side. In other words, if he said, I'm going to the other side, I'm going to the other side. But he didn't tell them about the storms that would come. You ever felt like that, God? If you would have told me, 
Lord, if you would have told me I had to go through this, if you had told me I would have had these battles in my heart and in my mind, Lord, I don't know that I would have pursued what you had for me. But thank God you didn't tell me. You know why? Because now I'm too far out there. Now, now I, got too much, I got too much invested into this race. Now I'm out there, I'm so far out there, going back in the midst of the storm is too dangerous. But being in the midst of the storm is shaking me. It's rattling my mind. So what do I do? Going back is too costly, but, but staying where I am and staying in the boat with Jesus cost me something. And so the disciples, this isn't in the notes, but follow me. The disciples say, Jesus, we're going to die. We're going to die. Man, that's a positive confession. That's how you name it and claim it, huh? <laughs> but he says, he says, they say, look, don't, don't, don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care that we're we going to die? We're perishing. Jesus' response to them is, it's a rebuke, but it's a gentle rebuke. He's saying, he doesn't talk to them first. Watch this. He talks to the storm first. He says, because in order, in order to get you to hear me, I've got to silence the storm. So, so storm, he, he, he spoke to them, he said, winds and waves, peace. Be still. After he deals with the storm, he's so merciful. Not like us. We want to deal with people first. And not the spirit operating it. That's another message. Um, but peace be still. Now let me talk to you fellas. I'm in the boat with you. How is it that you don't have any faith? If the storm is raising in your life and I'm asleep, you got to go back to what I told you. And the problem with us is we don't know. We don't know enough word to go back to what he said. When you saw the storms and when the boat was rocking back and forth, you know what you should have went back to? The fact that I said, let's go to the other side. Because once I speak, that thing has to happen. And let me tell you something. Some of y'all in the, in the boat with Jesus right now, and you're frustrated saying, Lord, don't you care? And he's saying, remind yourself, you're going to the other side. Hmm. Here's the problem. Our faith is shaken when we depend on us. Because some of us have lived lives, I'm just used to depending on me. I'm the one that gets it done. I'm the, I'm the one. I got, it's me, me. I got me. Don't worry about me. You ever been struggling and said that anyway? You're struggling. Like, you, you, you're struggling, but you're like, I got me. Hmm? Here's the problem. When I depend on the flesh, I can only go as far as the flesh will take me. So you can go far. You can go. You can go as far as the flesh will take you. But when the flesh breaks, where do you go? can only go as far as the flesh will take you. So here's how we have to live. And I'm getting to Hebrews, but here's how we have to live. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. 
Well, how do I get faith? You're getting it right now. How do I know that? Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of Christ or the word of God. So why is it, watch this, why is it that when you wake up on Sunday, the enemy is in your ear? You don't have to go this Sunday. You don't have to go every Sunday. You don't have to read. You don't have to pray. You don't have to study your Bible. You don't have to do any of that. Why do you think he's whispering that? Because he knows that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So if I can steal the word, watch this, I can steal your faith. Let me prove this to you. How sometimes our faith is not in God, but it's in people. Because your temperament, your attitude, your joy is determined by what people do. And it's determined by what they don't do. It's determined by what they should have done and didn't do. But when your faith is in God, say, it does not matter. See, you get to a place right now, yes, you have people in your life that should do right. They should help. They should do whatever it is. But when your faith is in God, it does not matter because you know as, as, as they said in, 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 in Esther, as Mordecai told you, he said, you know what, look, look, even if you don't do it, deliverance will rise from another place. So in other words, what God needs to do, it's going to happen anyway. But you got to keep your eyes in the right place. When we live by faith, it means that we live according to what we hear, not what we see. This is important. Uh, some of y'all might be too saved, but there was a, a, a what, what did they say? My mind playing tricks on me. Sometimes your eyes will play tricks on you. In other words, you, you, you see a situation, but you don't properly assess it. You're walking by sight. But when everything in front of me looks contrary to what I've been promised, Maybe I was the only one been there where you know you had a promise on the inside. You know that, that, that God was going to do something. But everything coming in your life right now is the direct opposite of what you thought you believed. So that's when I got to say, I know I, I've got to, I've got to, they say it's strange if you talk to yourself, but sometimes you've got to talk to yourself and, and say, I do, I say, Lord, I know what I see, but I also know what you said. And what you said has got to be more important to me than what I see right now. What you said has got to be bigger in my mind and in my heart than what I see right now. Because if I focus on what I see, I will quit. So what do we do with all of this? Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is. First thing we need to know, faith is in the present tense always. That's why the scripture, we read it too fast sometimes. Now faith is. Faith never was. Faith always is. It points to what is to come. <laughs> so, let me say it like this. Tell somebody it's going to get better. See, sometimes you just got to realize it's going to get better because my faith is pointing not to where I stand, but to where I'm going. It points not to what I see, but to where he's taken. Faith is both substance and evidence. When you're in a courtroom, and evidence is presented. It's presented as proof of a position. And so that's why God says, you know what? Sometimes people question, why are you believing me for this? Why are you trusting me for that? Because I got evidence called faith. 
I'm resting in what he promised me. People are telling me, well, your body looks like it's breaking down more, but he promised me healing. Here's, let me, can I tell you a secret? Anything that God is going to do in the life of the believer, so important, anything he's going to do in your life, there is going to be a period. I don't know how small it is or how big it is, but there's going to be a period where it has to look like it's not going to happen. <sighs> you ought to celebrate that. Reason God does that is, again, because he has to have you know that he is the only one that's getting credit for what he does in your life. So that might be one day, it might be one month, it might be one year, but there has to be a period that looks like it's not going to turn out any differently. And that's the period of the wilderness where we many of us give up. But you know, if you stay with it, if you just stick with God, say stick with God, he'll bring you through. I have the option to choose by what I, to live by what I see or by what I believe. The choice is yours. So here's what we say. So then he, in Galatians 3, 5, so then does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you. How many of you need a miracle? You need, see, here's, here's what I've noticed. Sometimes we'll wait till we need one to believe in one. I'm asking God to work miracles in my life every day. Work, Lord, work a miracle. What, what miracle do you want to do today in my life? That's how we have to live as believers because we can't wait till we need it. Well, we can, but we still got to say, Lord, I, I'll receive everything you have. Every miracle you have for my life, I want it. Every blessing that you have my name attached to, I want it. It's not selfish. I just want, I want the full measure of everything that you have for my life. Hmm. Some people will say, well, that's arrogant living like that. No, it's faith. It's faith. It's faith. So then he works miracles among us. How does he do it? Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, some of us are trying to work up a miracle. Work it up. I'm just going to work my way to a miracle. Not going to happen. Because you got to have faith. Why? Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know what that, 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 that word impossible means? It means impossible. <laughs> I was trying to be deep. It, it means not, not possible, not going to happen. So we try to please God with works. But if you want to satisfy God, you got to bring him faith. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And here, here's the problem, and this is why we have to have teaching in churches, because we, some of us don't believe in God. We, be, we believe in the God we've created in our mind. So, so we have created our own image of God and wonder why nothing's happening. Because we've got to get back to the word and believe that he is who, not who you said he is, but who he said he is. And the problem is, is man, man listen, listen, celebrate it. But man, man will fail you, but God won't fail you. And sometimes we put God in the seat of man. Oh, different message. Maybe that's for week two. All right. And that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. So a reward attached to seeking means that he's going to give me, watch this, what I'm seeking him for. And it would be good because even man can do that. 
But we know that God in Ephesians 3.20 says, I'm able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. So not only am I going to get what I'm... <laughs> when we were in high school, before basketball games, we sometimes we go to... My wife's not in here. We go to McDonald's. And uh, if you knew somebody who was working there, they'd give you what was called a hookup. Now, they wouldn't give you... They wouldn't give you uh, free stuff, but they'd take the fries and they'd mash those fries down in there. They'd give you more, so much it was falling out of the bag. Why? Because they knew you, so they gave you more than you were bargaining for. If man can do that, how much more when you go to God, he's gonna just, he won't just give you just enough. He's never been God of just enough, but he'll give you more than enough. He'll give you more than you need. Why? Because you were designed to live life overflowing and so that the blessing that he brought into your life would overflow into somebody else's. See, our problem is we want him to bless me, my four, and no more. But here's the thing is when God blesses you, just drip, just over, overflowing, overflowing, encouragement, overflowing, provision, overflowing, increase, overflowing. So just being connected to the right per position is important. Connection is important. Why? Because if I'm connected to you, when something is overflowing in your life, that's why we're designed to live in community. That's why if you see somebody and you notice that they... they can I be real with you? They, you notice that they, they, they tend to always kind of walk in some kind of healing, even whatever. They just heal. Man, you better get around them. <laughs> so that thing can overflow. Say overflow. Hmm. Let, me, let me be honest with you. The challenge to our faith with this is some of us right now in our mind would be happy with just enough. You know why we'd be happy with just enough? Because we've never had enough. But God is able to say, I see you in the land of not enough. I'll help you walk through just enough. But understand, you're just passing through. And you got to praise me while you're passing through. Because if you can't praise me with not enough and just enough, you'll never have faith for more than enough. How many of you want to walk in, in more than enough? I want to walk in more than enough. I want to walk in that thing where anytime I see a need, I can just meet it. And we ain't got to negotiate. You know how we do. Well, let me pray and see what the Lord says. No, I did. <laughs> we got all kinds of spiritual answers to not do what God told us to do. Different message again. I'm almost finished. Faith is only as strong as what we place it in. So I must believe that God exists and that he is faithful to do what he promised. I must be convinced that what I'm seeking from him I will receive. Why, 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 why? Here it is. Just like in this world, you know what currency is? Currency is a, a method of exchange. So currency is, is, is a moving method of exchange. In the natural, we call it money. In other words, you give money to a store and they give you what you purchased, correct? In, in God's kingdom, the method of exchange is faith. So in other words, God, God makes you a promise, but he says, I have a method of exchange called faith. So you bring me, bring me your faith, I'll bring you what I promise. Is this, this easy to understand? Okay, so faith is the bridge between the natural and the supernatural. So sometimes, like everything in my natural life, sometimes I, I, I'm living in the natural, but there's some things that I've got to pull out of the supernatural 
so I can do what God wants me to do. You, 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 you walking with me with this? And so sometimes everything in the natural is not enough to help your relationship issues. It's not enough to help your job issues. It's not enough to help, help you have the discernment to know how to deal with family and different things like that. So I've got to pull the wisdom, the divine wisdom by faith out of the, the supernatural and into the natural. You know what? When you bring God your faith, he'll give it to you. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is an instruction. See, we want God to just boom, thunder, lightning, but sometimes it's do this. Call them. Forgive them. It's an instruction, but we miss it because we want the fireworks. Never confuse the supernatural and the spectacular. They're not the same thing. We're impressed with the spectacular, but God wants to do the supernatural. We access, we access what is available in the spirit by faith. I already said that. Uh, for unto us, in Hebrews 4.2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith with them who heard it. Faith has to make contact with the word. Even right now, I'm preaching, and some will get it. Here's just the reality. Some will get it, some will walk by faith, and some won't. Why? Because they have to make contact with your faith. And you, you know what? You know how that sounds? When you hear a promise that God made to you, you got to say, that's for me. That's mine. I'm taking it. Don't wait for somebody to tell you, no, this is for you. No, you got to take that thing. There's some things you know you need. Come on. To do what God wants you to do. So you can't just sit there and be passive about it. No, I'm, I'm joining it with my faith. Seeing the fulfillment of God promises, if you need to take a picture of one, take a picture of this one. Because the church has failed in this area as a whole in our country. Seeing the fulfillment of God's promises is not the result of celebrating the promises. It's the result of believing them. And so we'll celebrate all day long, praise the Lord for this, praise the Lord for that, and, and, and do that, but we won't believe them. Lord, it's in your word, it's mine. I'm walking by it. How, how long are you going to confess it? How long are you going to say that till I get it? How long are you going to pray for that till I get a breakthrough? How long are you going to believe God till I see it? How long, how long are you going to pray for them to be saved till they get saved? How long are you going to believe for restoration in a relationship till it happens? How long are you going to pray that God will give you a heart to forgive him till I can forgive him? See, we endure. And, and, and as we go through this series, what you're going to find out specifically in Hebrews is this. We've only preached one side of faith for years. But how many of you know you endure by faith too? You sit there and say, why am I enduring all of this? It's not because you don't have faith. It's because your faith is being put to the test. Mm. Final scripture, I believe. <laughs> For this week, and we're just setting up the rest of the series today. Um, in hope, in Romans 4, 18 through 21, in hope against hope, he believed. It's talking about Abraham. So that he might become the father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without Here's where I want to focus. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Hmm. So in other words, Abraham has a promise to be the father of many nations. But you know what he's saying? He's saying... He's saying to himself, man, stuff don't work the way it used to. I'll let y'all. <laughs> saying, I can't do things I used to do. Age has caught up with me. But it says without, without becoming weak in faith, he looked at his own ability. And some of us do that. Here's the problem. We look at our own ability, but it weakens our faith. 
Now is good as dead. So it's not only not working properly, it's not working. You can't preach that. It's in the word. It's in the word. <laughs> now is good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Then he looks at Sarah. He said, well, you, you ain't got the ability either. How are we going to do this? We're together, but we can't do anything. <laughs> ah, but glory be to God. Yet with respect, so he got, he looked at what was happening, but he didn't focus on that. Here's what he did. It says, yet with respect to the promise of God. So he looked at the flesh, but he went back to the promise. And you've got to have the faith to say, I'm looking at what I'm looking at, but I'm going back to the promise. I know what they said, but I know what God said. I know what the doctor said, but God said this. I know what they said. They're not going to do it, but God said this. They said only a few percentage of people ever get this job, but God said this. No one ever gets over that. No one ever gets free from that, but, but God. You have to go home and write a sticky note and put it on your mirror and just say, but God, and don't attach anything else to it. And just remind yourself, whenever somebody comes against the promises of God, you say, well, but God. Because the person who told you lies sometimes. But God is not a man that he'll lie. The son has changed his mind. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it. Oh, man. Make it good. So here's what he did. He did not waver in unbelief. In other words, I, I know what the circumstances say. But God said. And so when, he, when, when this happened, it says that he grew stronger in faith by standing on what God said. How did he do it? He was... Giving glory to God. You ever had to praise him through some hard stuff? So sometimes you've got to say, even though I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with, glory be to God. Praise God. Uh, my body's hurting, but I praise you and I give you glory for my healing. My mind is jacked up. It's messed up, but I thank you for peace. Uh, it seems like I feel like I want to give up God, but I thank you for hope. See, this is how you walk by faith. Can't answer thoughts with thoughts. Got to answer them with words. Got to answer them with God's word. Being fully assured that what God promised, he was able to perform. Hope gives us the courage to believe. So here it is. Here's the bottom line. Faith allows us to see the facts but believe the promise. So some of us want to ignore the fact. We can't ignore the facts. We got to see them but see past them to the promise. When we see our own inability, then we can trust God's supernatural ability. So in this world where we want to be independent, self-sufficient, do it on our own, God says, I'm constantly bringing you back to the place where you've got to depend on me. And I don't know of anything more humbling than being in a situation that you cannot do anything about. You felt that? I I'm stuck here. I can't do anything about it. And God says, I, I need you to walk by faith. When we see our own inability, we can trust God's supernatural ability. Faith allows us to glorify God knowing that he keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. Do this with me as we, we wrap up here. Just, just bow your head. I just feel like Some dreams have, 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 have visions of what God has called people to do. Somewhere along the way, they, they've died. You, you've given up. 
It's not Easter yet, but this is your resurrection Sunday. Stuff that the enemy tried to kill. Faith will give it CPR. Cause it to live again. First thing I want to do before I offer some specific things in regards to prayers, if anyone's here and you've either, one, you've not been saved, never been saved, or you're like, I, I, I've been saved, but I, I kind of fell off the way, fell off the track. But I want to get back on again. I want to commit my life to God again and just really do it right. If that's you, just slip your hand up quickly. I want to, nobody's going to embarrass you, but I want to, amen, I see you. God bless you. See you. All right. beautiful thing about God is he says you can always come home he's a good father even when we leave even when we run away he'll let us come home and he'll welcome us not like flesh you know how they say you can come back but <laughs> but God says you know what with all your issues with all your all your stuff Come on home. Come on home jacked up and messed up. Come on home. We'll get you. We'll help you. So I want to pray for you today. I also want to pray. If you come in here and honestly say, I've just been battling with, with my faith. I, I love Jesus, but I'm struggling with my faith. I want you to, 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 no one's looking around, but I want you to be just by an act of faith right here. Just throw your hand up high. Nobody's looking around. Don't, don't. I just, I'm, my faith has been under attack like crazy. I love Jesus, but in tears, I'm trying. You, you, it's like, keep them up. Keep your hand up as long as you can. Uh, nobody's looking around. I do love Jesus, but I'm like that person who says, I believe, but help my unbelief. So there's a part of me that just, I can't see how it's going to get better. I don't see how he's going to do it. All right, all over the room. All right, you put your hand down. I'm going to pray for you too. Just wanted you to hand up. Last thing, the third thing. And I don't want anybody to be embarrassed by this. You have physical or emotional sickness going on right now. And that's not, it doesn't have to be something been diagnosed. It's just you, your mind is sick and your body is sick. If that's you, nobody's looking around and you don't need to be grasped, but just quickly put your hand up. I'm not going to make you come up. Put your hand up. Amen. All right. See you. You can go ahead and put them down. See you. We're going we're gonna to pray for all of these things, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. You receive it at the level of your faith, and then after we're done, our prayer team will be up here. If you need it, you want a personal touch, I believe in that too. It's so important. The Bible says if you two, two of you shall touch and agree on anything, it's being done, it'll be done for them. So sometimes you just need to shake hands with somebody and say, hey, join your faith with mine and believe. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up those who are, even by an act of faith, humbly raised their hand today. He said, I've fallen off. I've gotten off the way a little bit, but I want to get back on track. Lord, I lift them up right now in the name of Jesus, that they would walk fully in your plan and purpose for their life, that they walk in the liberty that you have given them, Lord, and they would stand fast from this day forward, give them peace of mind, give them resolution in their heart to do exactly what you've called them to do. 
Lord, I pray that every, every hindrance to fully walking committed to you, every wall would be broken down so that they could hear you clearly. In Jesus' name. And Lord, now I pray for those who have acknowledged that they're struggling with their faith, they're struggling with their belief today. Lord, give them a renewed sense of hope and remind them that their faith is not tied to their feelings, but it's tied to what you promised. It's tied to what you promised. And even in this prayer time, remind them of what you promised. Cause them to grip like never before to the promise that you've given them. In the name of Jesus. Increase their faith. Renew their faith. Encourage their faith. Put people of faith around them so that they can be encouraged. And now, God, every person that came to you in the Gospels and they sought you for healing, you did it for them. Sometimes you did it when they weren't seeking you, but everyone that came to you asking for it, you gave it to them. So God, every hindrance to healing, I command to be cast down right now. In the name of Jesus, everything that's barring the faith, making contact with the word of healing, I cast it down. In the name of Jesus. And now I speak to every hindrance of the mind, those struggling with emotional, mental struggles and sicknesses, I speak now, and I speak as Jesus would, peace, be still. I command anxiety and worry to go in the name of Jesus. And not only go, but never return. Set a hedge of protection around your people so that every fiery dart of the enemy would be quenched by the shield of faith. Everyone who's lost their sense of purpose, their sense of confidence and self-esteem and boldness in you, I command it to be restored in the name of Jesus right now. And Lord, help us to be reminded today that this is not about emotionalism. It's a few times that you had to raise your volume to speak to things and command them to go. Because the enemy doesn't respond to noise, he responds to authority. So I take authority over every physical sickness in this room right now. And I command the healing to begin. Healing in the mind, healing in the body, oppression, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of heaviness, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. You spirit of unforgiveness, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I curse that spirit of bitterness from the root. I command you to dry up and leave in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, I speak healing, divine health into the lives of your people today. Command their bodies to be stronger, their minds to be stronger. Command the ligaments to align the way that they need to, the bones to align the way they need to, the muscles to align the way they need to. I command every count, every blood count to be perfect. In the name of Jesus, I command the blood counts to begin to align with your perfect design. 
speak to cancer. In its early stages, I command it to dry up, disappear, and leave. In the name of Jesus. Arthritis. You foul spirit, I command you to go. Spirit of infirmity, I command you to go. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of, of early onset Alzheimer's, I command you to go and reverse in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, we celebrate you. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the freedom. Lord, I speak healing to the people connected to the people in this room. That their faith would begin to minister healing to others. Every bondage, every shackle, I command you to be broken now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And let's give God a hand clap of praise for what he's done. Remember, if you desire to have someone pray with you about specific things, our team is up here. Um, if you want to come to Next Steps, we have some stuff over there for you, and we're just going to tell you about our, our church and how you can become a more a part of that. And then also, please join us at Rise Church tonight. We'd love to have you out. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and worship. Um, they'll have food trucks there beginning at, I want to say, 5 o'clock, 5.30, um, and the service will start at 6.30. Um, all right. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your people. And Lord, we ask that you give them a blessed week, that they walk in the favor and the divine blessing of the Lord. And Lord, now we leave this place, not your presence. Let us reflect your light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>